0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, yes? how you doing?
1: Well, uh, I guess as far as this format goes for episode 500, the bloom is off the rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> the listeners now know that, sure. that, that we're doing five episodes, uh, so this is not a big surprise that a Wednesday episode has shown up Yeah. Uh, for them, right? Sure. Um, but luckily we have uh, a great episode ahead of us, right? We'll see. Uh, because we, we have, uh, let's let's just get right into it. Sure. We have our editor in chief. Uh, sorry, editor at large. Editor at large, Scott and I. I got a promotion. Did not give you a promotion. <laughs> our editor at large, Scott and I, and inexplicable fan favorite Jason Eakin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's true. It's really
0: true. I will every, say I have
2: a lot of email accounts, so I'm,
0: I might be padding those numbers every year. Okay, so to keep up with the, the little narrative that I've that I've got going this week. So yeah. the first week the first day was uh Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap, because there's no Battleship Retention, if not for never not funny. Um and their guests that we
2: took. Uh and then If not m- for never not funny, that's a mouthful.
1: Mm-hmm. Good damn, it, Lord. <laughs> damn it, Jimmy Pardo. Uh it was gonna be the name of the show. <laughs> and, we, and we figured Battleship Retention was a little more <laughs> had a ring to it. Uh, which well, is, that'll get me into something, actually. Okay. Well, no, you know, try so, me to get back to the name of right. the show. So uh,
0: yesterday we had Pat Healy and Josh Fadum, uh, because as sort of a signifier of, you know, the comedians that we've had, uh, had on, the actors we've had on, and just the, the people that have come back over and over again and been very uh, big supporters of the show. And then today uh, we have, I think official title is Friend of the Show, Jason Aitken. Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. And... Um, to the point that when I've had like dinner with listeners and they make reference to you, they will say friend of the show, Jason Eakin. They don't say Jason right. or Jason Eakin. They say the full title. Uh, but like, you know, having- Do they refer to Scott
2: as, hey, how's uh, Editor-at-Large Scott 9?
0: Why are they
3: asking about either of us at all? I don't know. <laughs> They're like,
2: how's Editor-in-Chief? Hey,
3: hang on. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to pay that bill?
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's like, I assume you've got this, right? Because i got to go pay my Editor-in-Chief. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no. And so, uh, today is, um, uh, about the various friends, uh, that have other things to do, but regularly will help us, uh, by being on the show, by, um, by going to see movies and, and reviewing them and that sort of thing. And then in... Scott has Scott has become a friend, but he started as a listener, which is fascinating to me. That's happened a fair amount. Our our stupid friend Dan started yeah. as a listener, mm-hmm. and uh, now, <sighs> well, we know him.
2: Uh, <laughs> so,
1: but, but uh, yeah, there's a number like uh, I, I mean, I would say most of our contributors yeah. are, um, are are were are listeners first. Yeah, um, yeah. But I wanted the thing I wanted to get back to. Um, and then I actually do want to get Scott's take on oh boy. Um, that journey. Okay. Um, Ooh, Rams field goal. Um, so I should, I, I should not be timestamping this because this <laughs> won't be going up for some time. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh,
0: there are other reasons you shouldn't be doing what you just
1: did. Oh, uh, what? Following the score of the game. That's yeah. something that I've been doing during battleship protection episodes for years. The first episode <laughs> I was on, you were half watching a baseball game. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That sounds right.
1: <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, See, my football game's over, so I'm fine. But I want to talk, Jason, about the name of the show, Battleship Retention, because yeah. I remember you were not a fan. I had to I sell right. you on yeah. it as in order, because I think you, I think, if, you know, I'm going to take uh, the credit here. I came up with the name. Yeah. Okay. And I think, Tyler, you were into it. I was very into it. But I think... Do you remember the other options? Is I that the, the reason? The well, let's come back let's Movie come back time with
2: Tyler and
0: David. Uh, was that one of them? I think, I think
1: I vetoed that one, too. Oddly Jason, enough, uh, I Love Movies with
0: Doug Benson was one of our <laughs> options. <laughs> Jason,
1: I think you put some doubt in Tyler's mind. And Jen. Jen with a also. scathing email. Because uh, I think you, you were like visiting. It. I think you
0: were Yes, you were visiting, town. right? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm telling,
1: I'm telling the story. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I'm trying to conjure the memory. Okay, go for Because I remember... Walking home from my job at the ArcLight, um, ArcLight Hollywood, but back then it was the only ArcLight, um, and in my heart it's still the only ArcLight. Sure, um, we got one in Santa Monica. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that. I have not been to that one. I, I, don't, I don't hear good things. I've been to, hmm. I've been to Culver City. Uh-huh. I've been to Sherman Oaks yep. and I've been to Pasad- uh, Pasadena only, only recently Went yeah. to for the first time. I've not been bad. to Santa Monica and I have not been to Beach Cities, <laughs> which I don't know where that one even is. Is it in Manhattan? It's, near it's the water. south a yeah. Ways. yeah, kind of Manhattan area. Anyway, I was okay, walking sorry. home from my job um, at the Arclight. I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard um, t- and I was talking to... Tyler on my cell phone my dumb phone this is before smartphones on my cell phone and you were visiting and he was telling me about your problems and I was like put them on and I think (laughs) (laughs) on the walk home I think I convinced you that battleship (laughs) retention was a good name okay what were my problems Uh, I think your problems were that it would be (laughs) 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 off-putting. That people might not want to listen to people who were putting forward that they were going to be pretentious. pretentious. I could see that. Um,
2: I think I initially thought it might be a little too punny as well.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's... uh, No question about that. There's no such thing for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's too punny. (laughs) That's a
2: David Beck special. Uh Um, Yeah,
0: I remember I was was picking up our... uh, our coffee table from somebody in Hollywood uh, on Craigslist and uh, they were on gardenia and I had just very laboriously moved it into my Ford Explorer. And on the drive home, you called and said, Hey, I think I have the name. Yeah. And you said, I'm like, that's really funny. And I, and then you and I both kind of had this attitude. It was like, that's really funny. We can't call it that obviously. Um, And, (laughs) uh, but then we both said, well, wait a second, hang on, why not? And then I went home And talked to Jen about it, talked to Jason about it. Jen said, like, no, said uh, that we would alienate our audience, not because they won't like it, but because they might not get it, that we're trying to go for a larger audience, which, (laughs) admittedly, she might have been right. (laughs) That is a a great point. I think
1: our name being like a catchy pun uh, and being like an Inside Joker film nerd has done great things for us, but I think it also has set. Parameters as far as how yeah. far we can sure. expand. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess you take the bad with the good. Yeah. Um, but our other, we only
0: had, I think, one other name option, which was what? The film cabinet. The film cabinet.
2: Okay. Because yeah. we liked the, the idea. Where the hell did that come from?
0: <laughs> that was early on. That was one of the. Where... picking up a cabinet
3: in Gardena. <laughs> <Yeah. The> idea... <laughs> exactly. And it had there this was... <laughs> residue on it. almost a film,
0: if you will. Yeah. Um, and then just like, oh my God, I got it. <laughs> I now, got it. Um, no, it came about because uh, we liked the idea of oh here's like a place where we keep films but you and I were also uh, drafting film law. Uh we are a cabinet and uh, that's <laughs> uh, what, that see, was, that's where my mind That went. was where it came from. I like that.
1: I know it's, it's fr- not a bad name. Someone should take that. 501. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time to time to switch. Um Film
0: Cab for short. Oh, Film Cab. We'll drive you to the good movies. Yeah. Do you know...
1: (laughs) I like that. Do you know where I was when I thought of the name Battleship Retention? The shower? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, I was at Red Lobster.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to think about anything else.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, No. Actually, there's more to the story, actually. Um, I was at Red Lobster on Valentine's Day. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Because that was... Uh, look, my ex-girlfriend and I, one thing we had in common is uh, we like chain restaurants and <laughs> shitty food. And so uh, it was Valentine's Day and we went to Red Lobster. What was the clientele like in that store? I in don't that particular It was all restaurant? cool people like me. No, there, no it wasn't.
3: <laughs> now I think of you as such an anti-chain restaurant guy. No, that's not true at all. That surprises me because you're always giving Tyler a hard time for always going to Denny's.
1: Um, yeah, hmm. I do. Um, there's more to it than that. Because Tyler suggests Denny's four situations that I think call for more ah, I see. socialization and Therefore, more social lubricant.
0: Now, I go first off, coffee can absolutely be a social lubricant, but it's also where I mean, what everyone's I'm communicating is, with each other very quickly.
1: A, a bo- like, what's the most people you can fit in a booth at Denny's? Like, they have a, like I mean, a 6 they'll person, put, they'll put tables together. There's a lot of options at yeah. the right
2: if you got to go to the right Denny. Yeah, but <laughs> it's I'm saying very for, accommodating.
1: I, I guess for a meetup or some sort of social thing, I yeah. think um, that a booth and like seating and stuff like that is not. Conducive to that, whereas a. Bar only and- only Wait, you're put,
0: talking about a meetup. I have yes. only put Denny's out there as a meetup as a joke.
1: Okay, then what? Like, when when else have I objected then to going to Denny's? Any?
0: No, I don't. I don't think I ever. Uh, I think just every time I mention it, you usually respond with your "Oh boy," just that thing that you do, which is obviously <laughs> Tom Sharpling. I have gotten but, that from <laughs> you. So, I do. Uh, so I think it's just that you're tired of me saying it. Oh yeah, maybe just that's in, it in my <laughs> life. No. But yeah, I, 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 so maybe I, there's
2: really not more to it. In this case, sure. it's very simple. Yeah. You're just sick of it. Yeah, uh, it's I like, like five hundred episodes. A lot.
0: We are not sick of each other at this point, which is astonishing to me. You actually, didn't give it like three episodes, three more episodes.
2: Five oh three is where. It, yeah, everyone yeah. says yeah. if you can make it to five oh four. What did Malcolm fine? Gladwell have to say yeah. about this?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're definitely not. I definitely like look forward to doing the show. And there have been times we've talked about. Luckily, it hasn't both happened, like, struck us both at the same time. So right. there would be times when one of us might be a little burnt out on the show itself. Yeah. And having the partner is a good way to uh, to, to bolster you and get us through those sections. Yeah. The day that we both are like, I don't want to do this yeah. today. Because, yeah, uh, peek behind the curtains. There have been plenty of times I've shown up here uh, after work on a Thursday evening to record an episode and said to Tyler... Let's get through this. I don't want to do this today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But invariably, you know, I I guess because we have we have friends here, I think there's a I'm feeling a bit more introspective Um, and retrospective. Oh, no, it's all right now or looking forward. (laughs) Um, But the uh, no, I'm about to contradict that immediately. Um, No, there are times when I get when I get tired of the the fact of doing a show, but almost invariably. Once we get into yeah, recording, true. I'm good.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, once we start talking, it's usually pretty good. Um, unless we have a guest who's a real <laughs> wet blanket, which is only having a sure. few times. like someone who just
0: <laughs> couldn't be further away from the mic if he uh, hadn't
3: left his house. Uh, I'll get to it when I need to.
1: Um Okay, before we get to uh, 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 like Scott, you are our friend on our editor at Aww. large now, um, but I, I I have never asked you about that experience because I <laughs> he had the coldest face. I actually forget Man. that you were a listener because I met, I feel like I met you through Tyler because you true. became friends with. So I was like, oh, Tyler's friend Scott. I was um, already writing for the site by the time I met you. Actually, yeah, uh, that probably makes sense. Hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not that social, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, so what, um. When did you start listening to the show? What type of episodes did you like? That's what I want to know. I started listening around
3: episode 100. Okay. Um, I found out about it through the blog The House Next Door, which was founded by a uh, man Tyler once cursed out. So interesting fact there.
2: <laughs> Wait,
3: who? <laughs> Matt Solar Sites. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: All right, yeah. Wait, when did you curse out Matt Solar Sites?
0: Um... <laughs> There are occasional moments. I didn't
3: do it to his face. No, oh, okay. No, <laughs> that know. was going to be a much better story. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's a much lamer story. No,
1: but uh, uh,
0: I like to only do it behind people's back, unless they're talking in a movie theater, in which case I
1: will s- swear loudly at them. <laughs> so, anyway, the lesson I, I, there is: I, I, I don't that, know this. I don't know what the house next door is.
3: <laughs> oh, it's a great movie blog, and uh, especially then it was kind of an incubator for a lot of now professional film writers. Um, and they did like a weekly roundup of various things going on around, around the net, and they're like, "Hey, Battleship Retention is celebrating its hundredth show. I really like what the, those guys are doing." And I was like, "I'll give them a listen." Hmm. And I got no Google alert about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't know about <laughs> so this. I mean, this. this was you know what, two thousand eight. Yeah, so that person no. doesn't listen anymore. No, well, it would that's have been early two thousand nine. Right? Okay, yeah, so. yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Um. Okay, and uh, so when you started listening. I was wondering because I love this. Um, we are a show where we are people who are passionate about film and I think have um, somewhat highbrow tastes or middle to highbrow, right? Um, I mean, the episode I started with, you guys were talking about The Dark Knight forever, so it didn't oh, okay. immediately oh, right. strike
3: me as like a highbrow show, but I kept listening.
1: It was probably. <laughs> I think my tastes have actually gotten more snobbish uh, since <laughs> that time. I've probably stayed about the same. I don't really
0: <laughs> progress one way or another.
1: Um, yeah, because I. Um, but it, what, what, the point I was saying is that yeah. we were also, especially probably even more so back in early two thousand nine, um, big into having comedians on. Yes, we still do a lot of comedian shows, and we would get feedback from some people who are who were the hardcore film <laughs> nerds who didn't like that every four episodes or so it was just yeah. a big fuck around with an L.A. comic they'd never heard of.
3: I yeah. generally like the mix, because you guys had like at least movies somewhat savvy guys, and I think one of the first guests I heard, I can't remember who it was, talked about how comedians have a lot of free time during the day, so they just go mm-hmm. to a lot of movies. Right. Um, so regardless of whether or not they were like highbrow snobs, they'd at least seen a lot of movies and were into them and could talk for a while about whatever. So yeah, it worked. So you hear that Dark Knight episode. Do you think alright, uh,
2: you know, everybody's talking about The Dark Knight. Battleship Retention is no different. Uh, well, there weren't that many movie do you podcasts
3: back then, I don't feel like. Yeah. Even in 2009? Oh, um, yes, 2008. I two thousand mean, eight. there... I, I was listening to Film Spotting too, and I don't think IFC had started up yet as a podcast. I'm trying to think of what else I would have been listening to in 2009. Well,
2: I got an iPod in like late 2006, and I found Film Spotting, and then I found like several others. I found the treatment that was around. That all, of course, fell off.
3: Yeah, yeah, we outlasted yeah. a lot of. Oh my god! Oh, I yeah. guess I found like Slash Filmcast, but yeah. I've always hated Slash Filmcast.
2: So. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, yeah. watch, watch out!
3: My, shots fired! Shots fired! The um, opinions of Scott and I do not reflect the opinions of Retention dot com, but they are for, still my opinions. You have to yeah, say that when is, you uh, write for BattleshipProtection. and yeah.
1: they do. Um, I endorse yeah, the views there, of all of our guests. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of a lot of no uh, matter what they are. Every time we every time I come here to record, we we I, I traipse over the grave sites of. Watching the Directors, <laughs> Scene Unseen. Watching the Directors, um, yes. I don't remember who else. I think, yo, I think you just listed the two that I listened to. <laughs> that aren't around anymore. Yeah. And I, 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 I loved one of those shows that I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a big fan of Watching the Directors. Uh, I, I didn't listen to much Seen Unseen. Yeah. Um, I have nothing against those guys. I just didn't listen to that much.
0: Gosh, yeah, there are others that... Um, with uh there are other podcasts that were like big at the time i jason i recall that your first episode was
2: uh, in which we just talked about other podcasts we listened to that was my i was i was gonna ask i didn't i didn't have the time to look it up Mm -hmm. uh so we talked about other film podcasts or other podcasts in general
0: yeah i think film podcasts specifically but also just kind of in general but mostly but mostly that that sounds self-sabotaging to me
1: uh, I don't know. It's how we got to be such great friends with the guys over at Slash Film Cat. All right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Because I think we, we liked them. You
2: know, that's that a did. great show.
1: Yeah, I know. It is. I, I, yeah, I hear some people enjoy it. Yeah.
2: Sometimes, regardless of what you say, the message conveyed is, fuck
1: you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know if anyone's
3: ever told you that. Yeah, it's been mentioned.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's funny. You mentioned that because I remember recording the first time you were on, Jason, because we did... Um, a Battleship Retention and an Experts and in Intermediates, your yes. show, back to back.
2: Now we did BP first, okay. and the Tecate was flowing like water. That's right, we were drinking Tecate. And I yeah. was exhausted,
0: because we had gone to the beach that day, and I was oh, very yeah. tired from but being out in I the sun. I had
1: driven back from Comic-Con that day. It was the oh, Sunday okay. of Comic-Con 2008, and I drove back that day, and I guess got us a case of Tecate and we'd uh-huh. and recorded probably four and a half hours oh of podcasts.
2: So, we and, and so on my very short lived podcast, we talked about uh, life and death of Colonel Blimp mm. and Tallahassee, mm-hmm. the Mountain
1: Goes album Tallahassee.
2: But yes. now, I'm going to tell you, by the time we got to Tallahassee, <laughs> David Bax was pretty drunk. No, I was not. I think you were, and you admitted <laughs> it afterwards. And we had talked for so long, too long, by the way, about life and death of Colonel Blimp, and so you insisted on going through the album track yeah
1: glorious track yeah it's the it's still my favorite album of all time it's and a it, great it's it deserves fantastic. it deserves that but uh, oh my god we
2: drove that thing into the ground
0: i will say that uh, it's not possible to talk too long about life and death of colonel blint <laughs>
2: Ask the listeners. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a window.
1: Yeah, I got canceled. and the, the suits called me and they said, it More is,
2: Tallahassee.
0: It is the only show that iTunes has ever canceled. Um <laughs> they're like, Well, usually we try to save this for, like, you know, people that are, you know, engaging in hate speech. But boy,
2: yeah, look, I get it. Michael Powell's
0: really great and everything. But
2: that was the one that put him over.
1: So then, um, were you living here uh, in at that point? No, or no, in? I was in
3: Boston at that point. Okay. Um, I must have started listing before 2009, then, because I wasn't in Boston much longer after that. Okay, um, and then I moved Would to you Portland. Say that and then the I moved whole here. town in your review. Uh, sure. Okay. Is this a reference? It's from the town. Okay.
1: Oh, I never saw that movie. Oh,
0: okay. It's not very good. It's okay, okay. for some reason. It, it has its moments. Yeah. I think it's, you like Ben Affleck more than maybe anybody at the table.
1: Oh yeah, as exactly. a director, as a director, and as a person.
3: Oh. <laughs> I like him quite a bit as a person. I think I, I, probably, I, think I probably do too. What you, I've seen. Yeah. I too.
2: mean, and and you know, he and I also have. That's true. Tom Brady and common. Right. So
3: it's just you two. It's just the two of us. Yeah, so you really got a bond over. Well, so nobody four, else. It's really. me,
2: him, Damon, and Wahlberg. Okay, those three and uh-huh. me. We're the only people. Oh,
3: <laughs> I
2: don't have any. The cast of The Departed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and Ben Affleck. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't have any I like thoughts the, on Tom Brady. I like the action Literally. in um like the because ac- uh who did the cinematography? Uh it's a uh, shoots all of Paul Thomas Anderson's. Oh, Ellswood? Yeah. No. Yeah. He did I think I he did that. the cinematography. And there's like a, a scene where it's like in alleyways and yeah, that's really well photographed. It's a it's the town is not a great script, but it is a very
0: well done film yeah, in many exciting. ways. Like yeah. directorially, like I'm not a huge fan of Argo, But directorially, like Ben Affleck is a very, very accomplished director. I loved Gone Baby Gone. Me too. I thought the town was pretty good. And Argo is engaging, you know. And then to the point that when some whenever when they announced that Ben Affleck was going going to be making his own Batman movie, I was like, oh, finally something something good is coming out of the the DC. (laughs) What what is it? DC CU. So yeah,
1: Um, I feel. I mentioned before that I think I've gotten snobbier over the course of doing the show and I really I, the more I've, I've been thinking about I've been not listening to you guys and just thinking about that since I said it we'll go
2: um, back to Tom Brady
1: alright there's me <laughs> <Affleck>. <laughs> um, I really do think that's that's the case and part of it is when a director that I like signs on to do something like a Batman or when briefly Ava DuVernay was going to do a Marvel movie mm-hmm. I'm like in mourning I'm like oh that means we're sort of, <laughs> not gonna get that's that's another couple years before yeah. we're gonna get a real movie. You think an- they have
0: to? Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that in this It was just
1: by the way, when, when they announced Man of Steel and it was Zack Snyder, I was like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put them both in the boat yeah. <laughs> It's
0: like there there are two reasons I don't have to see that movie
3: now. <laughs> but you still um, saw the
1: movie. <laughs> uh I did eventually um get to see it for free. Legally. Yeah. I don't watch movies illegally. That's something else that has happened over the course of this podcast oh, as yeah, I've become more of an established critic I also feel um, uh, like I'm, I, I don't know, like I want to be above reproach in terms of like how I watch movies and how I uh, write about them. Because yeah, I will admit that there were times before during, you know, in the late, the late aughts when I was like <coughs> looking to cram at the end of the year and there was stuff that wasn't out yet. I might've, I might've torrented a couple of movies mm-hmm. and um I, stopped doing that I haven't done that since 2010 I have not watched a movie illegally in, in six years how well, do you feel about bootlegging movies that aren't available otherwise uh, that's that that's that's tough because um, I do that all the time <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like give five
2: dollars to somebody
3: just, just to random. A, a random person yeah
1: so some no, money change fans when you say bootleg like off the internet or are you go, like, yeah. going okay you're not buying from a guy who has his blanket out at the no Carlser but Park, uh, <laughs> I think either principle applies <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm less bothered by that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, what if
2: what if I want to watch a movie? I don't want to pay for it.
1: Because <laughs> sometimes then sometimes you watch one I of I the movies a... that you have, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which yeah. is just Magnolia. If you, that's all you yeah, watch? Right? I own one movie, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Magnolia, and it gets me through the day. Each day, mostly. Yeah, it's fairly yeah, long. It's quite it's a long, long film. Yeah.
1: That's I I I don't know why I've fallen on this. Um, Theme of like how have I changed over the course of doing the show but there are movies like Magnolia that if you had asked me on day one of Battleship Retention I would have said I don't like that movie I think it's overrated I don't think it's very good that's right I have since since rewatched it and realized "Ah, I was dumb turns out (laughs) turns out I was pretty dumb um which has also also happened with the Kill Bill movies those were also movies Mm -hmm. that I did not like at first um and then rewatched post post Django maybe Uh because Django Unchained blew me away and is still my favorite Tarantino movie. And I was like, maybe I'll go back and revisit That is uncommon. Um, yeah. Uh, and fell in love with Kill Bill and I've been meaning to rewatch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is another Mm. one that I did not like when it first came out. And I'm pretty (laughs) convinced. I feel pretty sure that if I watched it now, I'd be like, yep, I was dumb. Um, I do not feel that way about fight club because I feel like, I feel like the consensus on fight club has slowly inched more toward my point yeah, of view. For sure.
2: Um, oh, see, I think it's, I think it's a masterpiece. I, I, N- not because I agree with it on many <laughs> things. I think that is one of the best made films.
3: I still like fight club a lot too. I'm just saying the consensus has definitely drifted away uh, yeah. from, I think the more movies Fincher makes yeah.
0: that are more mature. And I don't mean to say that fight club is immature. Um, there's a little but bit like, of immaturity There's, there's, it there's a little bit. very of, yeah, invigorating. <laughs> um, but, you know, like once once he makes Zodiac, mm-hmm. yeah. and then Social Network, mm-hmm. and Gone Girl, and Benjamin Button. And Benjamin Button, I suppose. <laughs>
2: um, oh, I still have your copy of that. Sorry. I yeah, still haven't watched it. Speaking of those movies, I don't love that movie, but re-watching it. Which one are we talking about now? Benjamin Button. Well, I, which I still haven't seen. It's amazing. Even you gets, should watch it, David. There's, there's still right. quite a bit going on there. It's like and, three
1: and a half hours, right? No, it's a little under long. three. It's like 168. But, but the I remember, filmmaking in it is pretty,
2: pretty top notch.
1: Um, Shock. I, I remember Fight Club and then Panic Room, which I also didn't like. And so I had mm-hmm. it in my head, like, I'm not a fan of David Fincher. I didn't like Alien 3. You also don't care for so, the game, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm not a fan I don't fan like of the, the game, game, game. either. Um, I put it, it's very similar to Fight Club in in that way that I don't like its attitude. Um <laughs> I you had should to, be a
0: high school principal today. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, you, you, David like Fisher, you, yeah. the gamer, are in need of a serious <laughs> attitude adjustment before next fall. Um, that's a Days of Confused reference. Um, uh, and I I have had some respect for Seven, and I think if you ask me today, I think I like Seven. But um, Zodiac was a mind-blowing, like yeah. scales falling from my eyes situation. <laughs> I, I worked at the Arclight, as I mentioned, which means like on my days off, I got to see free movies, and so I went... In the middle, I had like a weekday off and went and saw like a matinee showing in the middle of the day. And I emerged into a new world. I emerged a <laughs> changed man yeah. where David Fincher had made a masterpiece. Um, and then I was convinced that it was like going to be one of the biggest movies of the year in terms of box <laughs> office. Because it was like, it's so good. And also, I thought the Oscars were really going to embrace yeah, it, too. And also, I worked at, again, the, the Arclight is a place. I mean, it's a multiplex, but I guess it draws a little bit more of a... A different crowd than an AMC or yeah, whatever a richer um, crowd
3: we know what you're saying but I mean <laughs> more so back then that opening
1: yeah. weekend yeah that's true more so back then that opening weekend Zodiac was huge every showing was sold out so I was convinced mm-hmm. like this is yeah this is a huge huge movie and David Fincher has made his masterpiece um, and I still feel like it's his masterpiece but I still feel like the public I feel like it should be like the IMDB ranking should be like Shawshank Redemption <laughs> Zodiac. I feel like everyone should love Zodiac as much as I do.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and yet I find myself wondering, like, what what is it about that movie that is keeping people away? It's got Robert Downey. It's got the Hulk. It's got Iron Man in it. And uh, and it's got Nightcrawler. One of the X-Men, right? It has Prince of Persia.
1: It has (laughs) Prince of Persia in it. Wait, it has Nightcrawler in it.
0: The movie Nightcrawler. You'll get there. Jake Gyllenhaal
1: was. Oh. Yeah. I <laughs> was trying to picture Alan <laughs> Cumming, and then it was like, who plays Nightcrawler in the three you know, other I, time we oh, yeah, have going on
2: now? I literally thought, wait, did Cody Smith McPhee? That's who it is, right? Whatever? Yeah. 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 Did he have a small part in Zodiac that yeah. I don't remember? He might have. You can't Let's say he did. We can't say he didn't. That's right. And we never will.
0: Exactly. We, don't, yeah. ruin, don't ruin this for Oh, wait, me. and it had uh, Stryker in it. Yes, it did. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's yeah, fine. it's uh, like it, it has, it, it seems like a movie that, should have been re- like discovered, like rediscovered, or I guess discovered for the first time, like by the public, like there are movies that didn't do remarkably well at the time. And then a few years later, like on video or just, I don't know, word of mouth or the, the actors, uh, in it get bigger or whatever. And, uh, and then the public says, Hey, let's all watch this just collectively somehow. And,
3: uh, but Zodiac has never quite broken through in that way. Like I wonder if that still happens. Because that's a notion you know, that mm. people have held on to since the 90s. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that still happens anymore. Well, the 90s were like movies like Office Space and, oh, right, exactly. and stuff right. like that. But like, yeah, I'm trying to think um, of the last
1: Austin time. Austin Powers, actually, people forget. Yeah. Sure. Austin Powers was not a huge box office yeah. success in its, the, the first one. It was on video that it uh, took off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: let's, uh, you know what? This will be fun.
1: <laughs> well, no, it won't be fun. Honestly, It'll same with Fight Club. Like, well, yeah.
3: Is th- that oh, true? Completely. Yeah. It was not successful at box office at all, nope. and now every bro loves it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you guys think of it as a bro movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm.
3: I do not.
0: I would think of it as a bro movie the way I would think of Big Lebowski as a stoner movie, which is certain yeah. people found it. Oh, there's oh, other stuff you. going on. And it, have sure. taken ownership of it, but that doesn't mean that's what it
1: is. Right, so in that sense, like, Goodfellas is a bro movie. Because oh, boy, people yeah. love Goodfellas, and oh, that's yeah. not who it was made for, yeah. right. Not that it wasn't made for them. Martin Scorsese, I don't think, is like... Being snobbish and saying no. I don't want certain people to see his movie. Um, I think Martin Scorsese is a populist in the. Oh yeah, and I think that I movie, so especially
3: yeah. like it draws you in with the violence and stuff, then mm-hmm. says
1: uh, maybe, maybe
3: not with the violence. We'll see. <laughs> Here's, Here's my summary thing. of good thoughts. Right. I am <laughs> just
0: going on. I am able to stay out of basically every Facebook debate,
1: Uh-huh.
0: but one. <laughs> this fucking vidAngel thing, man. What is vidAngel? Uh, vid- <clears throat> Scott, do you know what it yeah. is? Okay. I feel like we talked about this oh, at wait. this table. Yeah, we probably have. It's <laughs> it's this it's a site that won't go away. Like there it's there's legal disputes going on and yet it still remains. Oh, that one. Okay. And there are right. still people that talk about and what's more now they're and VidAngel, I will say, they put out ads that are pretty catch creative. The listeners All right, because it took me a while it's, to it's remember what we you were talking about. It's
2: a Christian or to care again.
0: <laughs> I, I think I do care. It's oh, it's I think I think everybody at this table, uh, can and should care.
2: No, I just mean that like to it like thinking that they have a legitimate case. Like it seems oh, like sure. it's just so obvious.
0: So it is a uh, it's a Christian organization that uh. That is, it's a streaming service where you pay uh, a dollar, essentially a dollar a day for a movie, and after a certain point, you can't "quote unquote" sell it back. So the idea is they sell you this movie. F- well, okay, they sell, they to sell you it for twenty dollars. You return it. You, you return it, it for, 19. for nineteen if you yeah. watch it that day. Um, restocking
2: fee. Restocking
0: fee. Exactly. Obviously. And so, um, boy, I haven't thought of that phrase in a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, and so. Uh, and while you quote unquote own this movie you can turn on certain filters that will you know cut out like nude scenes or you know like let's say swearing doesn't bother you but nudity does you click on the nudity filter and that's
2: and suddenly that's gone. And aren't there different like grades it's like you can turn on like the language filter but it's like only cut out these words Yeah oh there's within like there's you can show two nipples, not three. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So total recall is yeah. out. It's out. All rats um, out. Yeah. Four <laughs> seconds of nudity. Yes.
1: Five <laughs> seconds. No. Uh, See, I want something like this, but for just stuff that offends me in terms of like taste, like, uh-huh. or, or just it being like a cliche. Sure. Like, if I could say no montages set to Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: just yeah.
1: right past
0: the most extreme all version of that filter. Uh, they actually refuse to carry any of those, oddly <laughs> enough. They're really on board with you on that one. Uh, and so. Uh, so there have been a lot of uh Christians that uh, really like this and they and it's the same thing that I have a problem with with that uh, that service Pureflix many years ago. Um and uh right and left I have this argument with with people where like let's for the argument let's say for the sake of argument let's say that that they are legally in the clear which nobody seems to be able to agree on. Mm-hmm. Um so but let's say they are legally in the in the clear. Um so many people that I have this argument with they seem to think that i'm saying can when in fact i'm saying should right so yeah. it's like yes you can do it i'm saying you shouldn't do it yeah and they just cannot uh cannot grasp that and well, i I,
1: think get away I don't think that's even a necessarily a christian thing i think that um, the majority of people think of movies as a commodity, not an art. And Boy, that's yeah. I, I don't think that our view of some sort of like purity of intent uh, or whatever is um, something that even crosses people's minds. They would laugh at it. Now They're,
2: there is the idea that if I can defend them, mm-hmm. let's see if I can. Okay, I'm
1: not. I, I don't. I don't mean to sound that. Uh, make that sound like I'm denigrating those people. Right. It's a, just. Oh, I will. They, okay. Yeah. No,
2: I'm just trying. I'm trying to see if I can. So all of this would be helped if. Whatever version that is that they that studios and filmmakers agree to with networks, sure. If those versions were released in some way, or could be purchased, or, or rented, or something like that, that is pretty the much all of this would go away. So then the argument, the the way in but which those,
1: I those increasingly don't even exist anymore. I
2: mean, they're it, still
1: on airplanes. Yeah, they're still on airplanes. airplanes. They're still
2: on you you can still watch movies on TNT on, yeah, FX, you know, stuff like that. It's like HBO still shows me he's cropped. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't like
0: that. Nope. I'm halfway anyway. through Black Hat and I I keep seeing I keep seeing only half of Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth's face. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on.
2: Anyway, so I think the the, the perspective from their point of view could be well, no one seems to have a problem with the idea of doing this. They just don't like that we're doing it. And that is.
0: And that does kind of seem to That's an like, argument I understand. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but. And, and what I have. And people have brought up that argument, and it's like, that is, I think, the best argument. Um, but for me, it's that, like, there are some movies that are simply they just have too much and they yeah, my and they can't be brought they either watch the movie or don't that's, that's kind of my fine. thing if you don't want to watch the movie that's okay well and it's for me it's this idea and maybe it's a little bit too purist that like well whether, it's like oh you don't like this nude scene okay that's fine but the same person that thought that nude scene was possible or necessary is also making the rest of the film so just because there's not overt nudity doesn't mean that, that same the same instinct that yeah. led to that isn't being isn't in the rest of the film yeah. whether yeah. it
1: just isn't over like that I, I I don't think I have as much of a problem with it I guess because um I've something I've learned over the course of this but uh, also my real life job that I don't talk about oh, right. is that the idea that there CIA. is mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> The idea that for every film there is an official version is a lie that we all tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really hard to pin down uh, what what the official version is in terms of not just content, but uh, color timing and uh, all kind of, you know, aspect ratios and stuff Mm -hmm. like there's stuff gets released in different versions at different times all over the place. And so uh, I find it hard to say, like, well, you're not watching the movie because there is no the movie in a lot of uh, surprising a number of cases there was some uh interview with paul
2: thomas anderson we talked about going over to tarantino's house and they were watching tv and they found reservoir dogs like just on some Uh channel edited cropped and paul thomas anderson was like oh my god i can't believe this and tarantino was like let's watch it Uh and see how much has remained Mm -hmm. like let's see if the story feels the same at all just to kind of see like okay a lot is not there that we want to be there not only literally in terms of the amount of the frame but the content the way it's you know just the whole (laughs) thing and he said it was kind of an eye-opening experience like well you know does do the main beats of the story still play does Does the overall dynamic still come across to the audience, despite the fact that yeah. quite a bit of nuance must be lost? Which is which
0: is actually brings me to where this actually started. and We can move on. Um, is the idea of Goodfellas um, and that uh, there there are people that want to watch you know these gangster movies, but like without the language, without the sexuality, without the violence. And I just thought like, so you're not actually watching. You don't actually want to watch a gangster movie. Like how these characters talk, what they do, and how they do it is them you want to watch walker texas ranger yeah that's, <laughs> that's what you're, you're looking, looking for <laughs> and if so I it's right
2: like, too dismissive but
1: um it's I,
0: well they just they want a cagney movie they want a edward g robinson or something like that they should just watch those those are
1: great yeah yeah great I, i'm not gonna argue <laughs> with that but i wonder uh, yeah now i wonder how much does come across yeah uh, i don't know i um scott i think you and i feel very differently on this uh, topic. oh boy um uh, it's, murder it's is okay, okay. <laughs> the the purity of uh you know the the truthfulness of the your experience of a of a movie um because i and this is probably true of you too you're definitely the youngest one at this table right yes um but i think most of us probably most of our favorite movies we probably saw for the first time on vhs in 133 that was not the case for me yeah okay um, cause I mean,
3: I didn't get into films until I was like 15 or so. And by then it was 2001 okay. and DVD was a fact mm-hmm. of life.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, my, my favorite movie of all time is Barton Fink. Uh, and I've since seen it on DVD and you know, in its proper aspect ratio, but I watched it, uh, an untold number of times, just like die hard and days confused and all the other yeah. movies that I watched over and over again on VHS in one, three, three. And so I don't know, uh, am I supposed to go back and now and say, well, I haven't really seen that movie. Well, I mean, you've seen Barton Fink since then, like you said. Right, um, yeah, but I mean, have I have I seen Days of Confused? Which I've also watched on TV. I can't think of a good example of something I haven't <laughs> right. revisited. Yeah,
3: but that's the uh, thing, is that, I mean, there's usually something, I think, because Martin Scorsese talks about how he first saw the red shoes on a black and white TV yeah. <laughs> with commercial breaks, um, but I think if you make enough, there's something usually, I think, in there to galvanize you into something that compels you, and then you'll see the movie correctly, quote-unquote, at some point in your life. Um, But with the Pure Flix thing or whatever iteration they're calling it, uh, there's like a contentness with whatever filtered version they see. And that's just like the end of their journey with that film. And so there's no like investigating what else there is. It's like if you just saw like the most edited version of Mr. Arcadden or touch of evil or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to see the rest of the movie at that point? You know, if you're that into it or metropolis or metropolis, totally. Yeah. Um, and metropolis is one that I didn't really like. And it's a uh, kind of limited version before they found the rest of the footage. And then when I saw the full most version, the it, right?
1: there's, well, there's still some stuff. Missing. It's like very little okay. but yeah.
3: anyway. But yeah, when I saw the full version, I was like, Oh my God, this
0: is amazing. Well, and it's why for me, I just, I always instinctively have a hard time saying, how much I like Magnificent Ambersons because I know it's not the real version, but
3: I also know the real version doesn't exist. Yeah, but it's and probably the probably version can't. we've got. It's the one we have. This is this is what I'm, and that's the thing is that about, well, if you're editing down Goodfellas to nothing, it's not the only version of Goodfellas.
1: What I'm saying is a lot of the movies that we all love, the director didn't have final cut. Like no, and that's, that's fine. That's not something that is rare or limited <laughs> to Orson Welles. Like right. a, a a ton of movies uh we're we're taken away over just tiny tweaks were made or all, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff um i think we do ourselves a disservice or maybe make ourselves as cineasts um more of a uh, unreachable siloed niche or whatever mm-hmm. if we don't take seriously the movies as a commodity it's hard i know it's hard for us as art lovers to think of them that way but um if movies were not viewed as a commodity by a huge number of people, most of the (laughs) movies that we see, we wouldn't have gotten to see.
3: No, I completely am fine with that viewpoint. What I, as I said before, it's just like walling it off at a certain point. If if you saw a movie on FX with commercials or whatever, and you're saying that's the end of that movie, I, Mm -hmm. that part I disagree with. It can be like a way into the movie, I think, but
1: I I kind of agree. I, I, um, uh, I realized that by that logic, I actually never saw blazing saddles until, um, a few years ago yeah, because I had watched it a million. I had taped it off TV right. as a kid and watched it a million right. times it Was my favorite movies. Um, and I also kind of like knew from cultural osmosis what I was missing. And also, um, I don't know what this says about TV in the uh, early nineties, <laughs> but there was still plenty of the N word in, in the movie, <laughs> when it aired on, on TV, which wouldn't be the case. Yeah. The case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was other stuff that was, that was cut out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Just the I, idea that you can never <laughs> be sure that you have seen the movie, and
0: I guess it's about trying to optimize the viewing experience whenever you see it. Like if there is, if VHS is the only thing that is available to us, then I guess that's the optimal choice, you know. But like when I had the opportunity to see Jaws on the big screen for the first time in my life, I went to see it because mm-hmm. that because now I I have a new optimal, mm-hmm. you know. I saw it on. I grew up watching it on VHS. Uh, sorry, watching it on VHS or watching it on TV, right. where you know the blood, a lot of the blood is gone and right. stuff like that. Then I went to a letterboxed VHS. Then I went to DVD. Then I went to uh, then I went to Blu-ray and then seeing it, but seeing it in the movie theater. I've said it before. It it genuinely felt like now was it I was a film a, print or a DCP?
2: <laughs> it was both <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Superimposed. Yeah. One of them was projected in
1: reverse. Though. <laughs> yeah. um, Don't give me. St- Oh, don't let me start. It'll <laughs> but, just be me and Scott arguing. About but
0: it. I feel like at any at any point, like you should try to you should be you should acknowledge. I, I feel like I can acknowledge that yes, studio medals all the time, and it's never going. It's rarely going to be like the director's final vision. But I have no choice in that. So if I have a choice, I will see the best version of this I can. As opposed to, I'm going to. I think it comes down to, uh, as, as Scott said, a contentedness, which I think for me will beget complacency.
1: Um, <laughs> well, and there's well, a difference. My, my question is, sorry, yeah. real, real quick is not about, so that's, I mean, that's part of it, what your own personal mm-hmm. criteria, uh, are. Um, but what, at what point do you look at someone else like with, um, vid angel or whatever and say, no, you haven't seen the movie. Like you oh, not pretty experience. easily. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it depends on the movie, though. I
0: mean,
3: it's. But at the same time, like, I would you just say, seen. Yeah, I would just encourage them to see the full movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's... same as if someone saw it on TV. It's like, well, you should see yeah. the rest. It's yeah, great. Yeah, we did an episode
0: of More Than One Lesson on VidAngel, and it was actually one of the one of the episodes I'm proudest of.
3: Yeah. So here's
2: the difference in all the things we're talking about, though. All the things if we have a VHS, we didn't we didn't choose what is what what portion of the frame is That's included in Red the yeah. VHS. Yeah. If we see a movie on TV, we haven't selected the curse words that we're not seeing or co- where they put commercials. With VidAngel, it is the, the user, if you will, saying, this is what I want to do me the viewer Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this to the movie and then the movie will be acceptable to me so there is a a much more active role in that which I think sounds like a video game it kind of (laughs) does but which I think a lot of people now would be like well yeah everything should be customized to my taste I'm the one buying it back to the commodity argument like I'm buying it it's my time yeah they made it but they didn't make it and give it to me they made it so
3: I would buy it that is uh, the so, argument that is starting to be made now, yeah. and, that's and that's not that's much 100. wider than just yeah. Dead Angel stuff. That's all over. Now. Oh yeah, um, yeah from yeah. people saying who should be cast in certain movies and like sure. who should be killed on a show or not yeah. be killed or, or get you,
2: together or have this. You go or to these that. pizza it's
1: places, like, you walk down, and you tell them what toppings you no, want. No, 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 <laughs> sick of that. Make shit. me a pizza. <laughs> yes,
2: <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> you decide what kind of crust it is. I will decide to buy it or not buy it. Do you mind that's curating hard. this pizza for me? Yeah, <laughs> I would like my pizza in one uh, seven eight.
1: Ha <laughs> Yeah, there is a place by me called Mom Pizza. I think they're a chain that has. It's that. Sort oh yeah, of thing. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. It's pretty know, good. You, you pick yeah. the ones, but they also have like a rotating, like four, like three or four, like suggested, com- yeah. like topping combinations. Uh-huh. I one hundred percent of the time I pick one of those because it's like oh same here. I, it's, it's by it's the like it's much tours. less work. Yeah. yeah I, yes. Exactly. I'm not. I'm paying you. Why, why, why am I coming in here to work?
2: <laughs> it's the it's the Seinfeld. It's like oh you get to make your own pizza. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Mom Pizza does not let you shove the pizza into the oven, which is Kramer's idea. (laughs)
0: tossing the dough (laughs) (laughs) I remember years ago uh, okay let's see how old I was must have been like seven or eight and a a grocery store chain in southern California had changed the way that they operated so that a person so there were no longer like bag boys or anything Mm -hmm. like that like you would bag your own groceries and and uh, the local news station decided to like do uh, a story on this, and they were just interviewing people at the at the grocery store. And my uh, my uncle had had called us and said, "Hey, I got interviewed for this thing. And I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you should check it out." So I checked it out, and he's being he's being so sarcastic they're like, they're like what do you think of this he goes oh it's really fun bagging your own groceries <laughs> it's just, it's just, but he says it's super dry so yeah. it's like this guy either sounds like a huge dork or the biggest smartass in the world
2: uh, I like your uncle yeah we don't talk much anymore that's really funny uh, Back to your point, David okay. though, you were talking about like, you know, not every director has final cut and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Even when the director does have final cut, almost every film you're mm-hmm. not seeing everything that was shot. And so the version you're seeing is what they landed on uh-huh. by the release date. Yeah. That whole yeah, so like, like finished for some If they thing. had another six months to tinker with it, that movie would be different. Probably yeah. in invariably. Yeah. So it's like, you know,
3: we don't have unlimited time, and there's movies that are generally unfinished, like uh, Margaret, which has yeah. two different cuts, neither of which are ideal, mm-hmm. but it's still a great movie. <laughs> yeah, are you talking about Margaret? Meh. The movie Margaret. <laughs> 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 Kenneth Lonergan
1: says Margaret. That's good enough for me. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably good enough for me to accept that I can annoy people by <laughs> <laughs> If I can antagonize people, I'm going to choose that. You just shut not down help, the whole table. <laughs>
3: yeah, not help people actually see the movie. Yeah, that'll work out well. That is a great example, though. Yeah. The,
2: neither version is, is perfect. Yeah. But the movie's great. Exactly. So at some point, you've got to kind of go like, no art is perfect yeah is it moving you is it it's kind of like the beach boys something.
1: smile we are only like we're not ever gonna yeah like the smile uh-huh. that we were gonna get you uh-huh. know in the late 60s or whatever uh we have to settle for the one that we have with the <laughs> wonderments right is that who, you're a peach boys fan aren't you i know but i'm not that a big expert on smile <laughs> okay yeah,
0: the uh, and I guess that's where we can come back, as I always do, to Orson Welles and stuff like Touch of Evil. We, David, a while uh, by the time this come this goes out, uh, a while ago, you and I did an episode about uh, studio interference, mm-hmm. and you know, Touch of Evil, the studio cut was the only one that was available for a very long time, and people even at the time acknowledged this is one of the best movies ever made, and then Walter Murch decided to like read through this fifty-eight page memo memo and try to make some changes, and. um and everyone acknowledges, like, okay, well, this is closer to Wells' vision, and it, based on the based on the memo. But I don't know if we'll we'll never get his version because e- the, uh, there's no guarantee that his 58 page memo was that every change he suggested was to take it back to what he originally intended. Right. It's here's the best version of the cut you've done of my of right. my film, yeah.
1: you know. Yeah, and that? at some point Sorry. I think we have to make peace. With yeah. That, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I I have less problem um, Tyler than you do saying how great Magnificent Amersons is. It is my right. favorite Orson Welles film, um, and I, I I can't sit here and like wring my hands about like, well, would it, where you know how much right. better would it be? Because yeah. that's never going to happen. Like, I can't. I'd, I'd never fall asleep again but what if again? it could <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> there's
3: still some print out there yeah.
1: yeah
0: like it's the it's that metropolis thing where like people really which was insane people yeah. embraced it for a long time and then it's just found somewhere in like what South America or yeah. something yeah. like that and then now the a completely different movie exists essentially as far as as far as we know like mm-hmm. the metropolis that I saw in film school and didn't really respond to
1: mm-hmm.
0: is different than the one I saw many years later and did respond to yeah
1: yeah, but, I mean, I don't want to burst your bubble, but <laughs> given the story, Mag- we, what we know about what happened to Magnificent Emerson there's almost no chance oh, that I know. it exists. Oh, like, I know. There's some people crossing their fingers and hoping that some sort of cut was sent down to him in South America, which there's no evidence actually happened. <laughs> well, and, and the th- studio threw the footage in the ocean. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they were that pissed off at the movie. <laughs> there's there's, there's Take a, it to the water. Simply <laughs> burning it down and reusing it would not yeah. be good enough. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a difference between
0: like, uh, a studio being le- negligent or something like that and a studio being openly malicious which yes. is what they were that's what yeah. happened there yeah. so
2: how's how's this for um, like not a definitive cut do you remember that movie Keane I think which it was K-E-A-N-E with um, Damien Lewis? Lewis yeah, yeah I on saw that. the DVD there's two versions of the film oh. there's the director's version and then there's Soderbergh's version because he was a producer and hmm. he had a very different idea it was shocking uh, not linear or and uh, I remember we I don't remember how linear that movie is to begin with, but it's I think Soderbergh's is far less linear, okay. even than that. But there are and there's like a little uh, video intro or something that says like, "Well, we have very different ideas about how this movie should have been edited together and presented." So. Basically, what the hell? We're going to put them both on the on the DVD and you can watch and either. The director way is OK with that or? Well, I don't know if he was OK with it. I'm <laughs> guessing he didn't have a say since Soderbergh was a producer.
1: Uh, don't you think? So, th- doesn't that make you feel part, bad that Soderbergh doesn't have more
3: respect for the director? A I mean, bit. Soderbergh regularly watches Raiders of the Lost Ark in black and white just because he feels like it. So <laughs> like, you <never> know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's an odd duck. He, he is. He, it's It's very odd, but it's like that is like. That kind of seems like a slap, and the director's getting slapped in the face on his own DVD. Yeah. (laughs) By a much more
1: accomplished director. So, what do you do? I like that movie too. I'm assuming I saw the director. I saw whichever one was available on uh, Time Warner Cable Video on Demand (laughs) back in 2009 (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. well, as it happens, the- those
0: executives love Steven Soderbergh, uh, so that's yeah. the only one they—they're trying to to kill that uh, other. Director. <laughs> well, who's the
3: other director? Do we know his name? I have no idea. Yeah. The Other director, the guy who directed the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we call him "Guy Who Directed Kane." Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's his claim to fame. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, I was also thinking. I don't know. I, I guess uh, just again the nature of episode 500, you just kind of start to uh, navel gazing a little bit and. But about in my case, about larger things as well, because I had this thought of. Th- they're in the same way that. Uh, the
1: director has had a very successful TV career. Oh, good. Oh, okay. good. Career, What's including his, name? his name is Lodge Kerrigan. He's done a bunch of uh, Homeland, oh. Longmire, Bates Motel, The Americans, The Killing, The Girlfriend Experience. So many of the prestige dramas okay. of the, the last Girlfriend 10 years.
3: Experience. That's interesting. Yeah. Stuck with Soderbergh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And The uh, Homeland, obviously returning to collaborate with Damian yeah. Lewis.
3: Homeland's
0: oh, right. not good anymore,
1: right? <laughs> was it? Homeland's not good anymore, right? That's what everybody says. It's still on, right? I, I don't think even remember. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was always told you can never go Homeland again. Hmm. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <You> kind <know> of <laughs> what, what? you say. You saying? are now an enemy of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took five hundred episodes, but you finally did it. Uh but no, I I was realizing that uh again talking about you know you thought, David. You thought that Zodiac was going to be a big hit uh-huh. because of the Arc Light, and in that same way, just I come to realize just how insular my my world is. When I realize they're probably, and I don't say this to to look down on them, but it's just something that I find fascinating. That like the word "auteur" is one that the four of us would probably use pretty casually. Mm-hmm. There are some people, obviously uh, not the French, but there are some people for whom the uh, the word "auteur." has has no meaning like they don't care about it it doesn't work its way into to their every day
1: that's that one's an obvious example like are I you think, sure uh, mm-hmm. what i remember what uh where i know we're still this episode won't go up go up for a few weeks but i know we're all still mourning Swift. um tom hiddleston and taylor swift's relationship uh having having fallen apart <laughs> no, but when, when they no first idea. started dating there were all these like you know gossip type celebrity news websites that are like who is taylor swift's new boyfriend what do we know about taylor swift's new boyfriend <laughs> it's like oh the guy who played the villain in yeah. like, the second highest grossing movie of all time <laughs> yeah but no people don't know who tom tom hiddleston is right. that's wow. so
0: strange okay yeah yeah that's a great example because yeah. well like here's the thing they're like hey who's taylor swift's new boyfriend i am like Who's Hiddleston Swift? I don't know. I didn't know they were dating. <laughs>
1: um, well, they're not anymore. Oh, that's oh my um, gosh, that's terrible. And it might happen. have been a publicity stunt
0: the
3: whole time.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and apparently oh. he wanted it. He wanted it to be too public. That's Taylor Swift's oh. version of the of the breakup. Is like she wasn't comfortable with how public he wanted to be. Um, like you want to like fuck on a park on a park bench. Or something. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking Lonnie about. Lot of nude Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I remember there was another uh, example that not as uh, huge as that. But uh, you used to um, subscribe to Esquire. Uh, uh, obviously Esquire. Did I, yes, you did. Cause oh, uh, yeah. I would, when you were done with every issue, which was uh, a <laughs> uh, two days after you got it, sure. sure. did not read much of it. Yeah. You <laughs> would give it, uh, give me the Esquire. I remember there was one issue that had a huge, it had Clive Owen on the cover and a huge profile of Clive Owen. And the next issue had a letter to the editor that said, this article is a waste of my time. Who the hell is Clive Owen? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, people don't know this. <laughs> like, yeah. but the thing is, there's plenty of, there's people, you know, who are into stuff that I have no, no yeah. idea about. Jason's you know? into sports. Yeah. What's the and so are you. Game? Um, it's still six to three at the, uh, uh, no, we're at the end of the third quarter. Actually. Oh, wow. wow still um, six
0: to three. How exciting.
1: Uh, Hey, it's, a, it's a defensive battle. Um,
2: <laughs> so are the movies dying?
1: That's uh, my question. Wait, what, what, what
2: were we say? I actually was wondering if you were going to say something like that. <laughs>
1: well, let's get back to that. Because before you interrupted me about the score, we were making talk about some it, sort of point. The fact that uh,
3: people don't know who Tom Hilson is, which feeds right. into why I asked that
1: question. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was going to say something about what we don't know about. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. Sports. Never mind. Don't you hate when... It's like, oh, I had something really important to say. But it's (laughs) really stupid. It was really stupid. I was just (laughs) going to point out that I only within the last year learned the difference between Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that couldn't have been stupider. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that was very stupid. And I made us put it (laughs) completely to a halt. Everybody shut up while I think of this stupid thing. No, let's uh, let's talk about the death of cinema.
0: Our movie's dying. How much time do we have?
1: We have all the time we want. Oh, yes, like, you true. have an hour and 11 yeah, minutes. Yeah, okay.
0: So we we have to settle this in an hour, and I'm going to say 10 minutes I, so I can prepare.
1: Let's let's try and get out of here in the next 45 minutes. That sounds good to me. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, our movie's dying. What do you mean by that? Who, like...
1: Well, summarize these think pieces. I guess okay. is what I'm talking.
3: the general point is that summarize the think pieces, then they my third act. <laughs> <laughs> the general point is that movies have reached a stage where they're not breaking through to the quote unquote cultural consciousness. And uh, you see that in forms of uh, not like not obvious moneymakers aren't making as much money as they used to. Um, and less is being written about them. Even what we consider to be the finer works of even American cinema in the contemporary times, aren't kind of generating as much cultural interest as they once did, and don't seem to have the same grandness, I guess, as they once did.
0: So, okay, my question in regards to that is: is it being replaced with something or TV? Is that what it is? No, that's what everybody says. I don't. I think
1: right. it's beyond that. It's being replaced with YouTube and buying. yeah, and yeah, that's video, what I'm thinking. Right, that's, and video games, like, yeah, video for games, games. games
0: are huge. Yes,
1: um, yeah, that's some, that they're. Per case in point I have no idea and I don't know anything yeah. about video games like I feel like there are auteurs probably in probably, the video game probably, world yeah. I would have no like the biggest name video game creator I couldn't tell you his name or her name come on um, <laughs> well let's be honest I think we can safely say
3: <laughs>
0: I now, believe there is a whole gate regard to this, <laughs> uh,
3: regard to this. Um,
1: that
3: was and about, you know once it's got
1: it's called and video, video game, gate. game <laughs> journal, right oh, right that video was, game video game entirely yes. ethics and journalism um but no I, uh, no, I don't think that cinema will ever die. Because live theater and opera and that stuff still exist. I think cinema is just going to become like that.
3: Yeah, no, I it's agree. It's going to be a smaller, more niche art form. I th- think part of the problem is that the feeling is that movies are more disposable now than they used to be in part because of dvd and on demand and everything's made it much quicker and like you can go through racks of movies that people spent months if not years making in uh-huh. the discount bin at a grocery store uh-huh. you know yeah and yeah. you think about you know 15 years ago you know, largely people were still going to the movies in order to see movies so would we fifteen years ago, maybe okay. twenty
0: maybe twenty okay, so can okay.
3: we blame the uh
0: i don't know if this is the word the commodification of movies I, I think mean, they it's were they reason, were always yeah. they were always a commodity, but to such a degree now that yes you can I, I can watch i remember um was it uh i think it was Bill Dwyer who came on and talked about how the best way to watch Tree of Life is on your phone <laughs> uh, you know and You know, and he's, he's making a joke that like, that is absolutely a movie that needs to be seen a very specific way to, uh, you know, optimal uh, to go back to that word, but that you have the option of watching it on your phone like an idiot (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) because we want we want what we want the way we want it to go back to the bit angel uh, comment and so yeah i guess we've we have devalued movies as an experience
3: yeah and i think that's affecting the movie making too I mean, i've talked before on this show about how you see much more close ups now in movies because they're making them for if not phones and certainly at, you know television okay let's hold on for a second uh,
1: cuz well you, you used to see in the in the 90s directors um shooting stuff They'd be like, well, this movie's going to be 185 or 235. But we're going to shoot it so right. that we can do a full mm-hmm. aperture transfer and have the 133. Like, I think uh, Wolfgang <laughs> Peterson did that mm-hmm. with, like, Air Force One and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's not. I, I don't know if, it's, I'm, if that I have the movie right, uh, if it is Air Force One, but there are movies like that where the 133 is not actually a crop. It's the full aperture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, it was shot with that in mind.
2: Right. Okay. I hear what you're saying in terms of. S- s- something somebody worked very hard on, or s- something that hundreds, thousands of people worked very hard on, now it's just in a bin. But even that is better than, okay, well we've shown this movie and now we have nothing to do with it, so either put it in a vault or throw it away. No, like I, I... That's not better. So at least we have the accessibility to it,
1: right? Yeah, and I, I think it. it's short term. I, I mean, I, that's also true. Because uh, this is going to get me on. I don't want to get on another soap soapbox, but there. We're, are you on one now? Um, <laughs> I was on one earlier, but um, studios are not caring for films in a way that will in necessarily ensure that they'll be around in hundred years. Right now, and it's it's actually uh-huh. um, it, this is the sort of thing that does uh, keep me up at night. Does, <laughs> as as a, as a lover of movies, I am worried about um is being treated as an archival format and, yeah. and way, uh, in way too many cases um especially with all of like smaller mid-budget movies mm-hmm. um, never mind low budget which exists on like someone's hard drive at home yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that's i mean that's there's, there's no way to we don't know what those files are going to be like yeah. uh, in even 10 years much less uh, 100 um that's scary to me that actually does worry me hmm.
3: yeah and it's precise at the time when the means of getting movies out are so easy that personal cinema should be on the rise, but I'm not seeing that either. And the fact that it's so hard to archive mm-hmm. I means it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: guess it's just, it, it comes down to the, the, this is almost a, there's almost a, a, not so much a political discussion, but an economic discussion, you know, because I'm, I have very specific economic ideas and the idea of, of, more people having access to more things at a lower price is something that I that I value, but and that and that's something that I'm that I like. I like the idea that people can see movies in more ways. But at the same time, if I don't know, maybe I sound like an old, like an old fogey saying this, uh, but that like movies used to be even before I was born, there used to be an event like we're going to go to the yeah. movies or even the idea of we're going to go to the video store. I mean, hell mm-hmm. even going to the red box, like you are going, <laughs> you are making an effort, some effort at all to go and do this. And so, um, so I feel like by, with streaming and on demand and all this sort of thing, uh, it, it devalues movies, not merely monetarily, but also as far as an experience in, it turns them into just another thing that's really no different than any other thing you could do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like movies. Those are those, uh, those are those long vines, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, with uh, some special effects, right? Like uh, the uh, Final Cut King. Um, that's a reference for nobody. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, and I guess that's, it's a thing to be sad about, but I also try to, th- you know, uh, as somebody who is prone to nostalgia as I am, I am also, I also try to think in terms of, yeah, but if that's how it is now, that's how it is. And so what can be done to just try to instill in viewers uh, a value to film as an art form or, or even as a commodity? I don't know. I, I can't think Wait, of I'm uh, not sure.
2: I'm, I think I'm getting lost. Okay. Are you talking about the way people watch movies? or Because that, to me, is a little bit different than what Scott brought up. And, uh, I'm, I guess I mean, because they're watching TV the same way. So you could say, well, then by that rationale, TV must be dying or TV must be getting less important because we're watching that on our phones and tablets and everything too. But I do
0: think TV was often seen as, as more common just because you you can turn on your TV and TV is there. Right. Um, and so I feel like it's just, uh, movies are being just made more, I say common, of course they're remarkably common, but I just mean that like. Everything's getting distilled down to a
2: unit of content. I think so, yeah. Whether it's movie, to, yeah. Or a video game or yeah. whatever. and that's not
3: good.
0: Yeah, like, right. I, like I could play a game on my phone, or I can watch Netflix, or I can watch YouTube, or I can listen to a podcast. Like, there's right. a lot of things I can do while I'm at the gym. What am I going to do today? It could be mm-hmm. any of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. in some ways, that's neat. In other yeah, ways, if you true. value any one of those things, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's not great.
2: Right. So or maybe, I don't know. Something you and I have discussed, I think maybe just on Twitter. Jason, <laughs> Jason is uh, pointing to Scott. I'm pointing at Scott. <laughs> Hello. Um, is, is possibly, not, maybe not the death of movies, but the death of a certain sort of mid-budget movie. Yeah. And usually when that happens, you say, yeah, but there's all these other movies. You know, here's, <laughs> here's the list of the, the mid-budget movies that came out last year or whatever. And obviously there's still, some are still getting made. Or you've said that the conversation doesn't seem to you to be worth having. I can't remember what I said back
3: then, but I guess I know I'm trying to remember a series Um, of tweets, (laughs) but I guess now I would say that we have definitely lost a lot in the mid budget range, but I don't know if culturally we've actually lost that much. You know, you think of how many, I don't know, mid budget thrillers or like, uh, cider house rules kind of (laughs) films we really needed in the first place. (laughs) um, And I feel like that's left us with a better version of those kind of movies, the few that do get made. Um, Mm. And in the meantime, hopefully, to some extent, they're being replaced with more with very small, very personal movies. Um, And that's what that's to me.
2: I love the small personal. I also love the mid range personal. My favorite movie, Magnolia, doesn't get made if someone doesn't take a like 40 million dollar chance and say, sure, frogs. (laughs) <laughs> How many frogs do you need? Okay, well, it's, it's your three-hour movie, so I guess do whatever you want. Like, we seem to be, and he had to grow into that. Yeah. And now it seems like you, you, there's nothing to grow into or there's less for fewer
3: people to grow into. I think you can still grow into this stuff. I mean, Damien Chazelle, I think is a good example of a guy who's grown from feature to feature. And especially if the reviews of La La Land are true. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan, for that matter, too. Do you think these critics might feel like? I I do like the (laughs) idea that like, all right,
0: guys, listen up. I've got an idea. It's a big practical joke. We
2: are going to fuck with a
0: lot of people.
3: No, I just, you know, you trust your own taste. and yeah, yeah. all that um but i think yeah But he's
2: coming off of like i mean he sort of has a lot of heat
3: right now yeah and so did paul thomas anderson after boogie nights Boogie nights. yeah true. big time
2: yeah but i'm gonna how much do, does anyone know how much la la land was uh like what the production
3: budget was no 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 i, one ne- knows. I, I never know that kind of thing No, and they, uh, they publish them less and less now actually yeah but i'm curious if you that can one find is it up on there. Uh, the wikipedia page you know i'm gonna guess it
2: was somewhere around 20 That's probably true, but I mean, but uh, so the mid-budget is being considered smaller. That's true. Yeah, you know, and so it's like we get very, very like, oh, can you make it for three million or less? And then it's like, okay, well, which big-budget franchise would you like to throw your hat in for? And we, so we get a lot of so many fewer filmmakers. And I am very much talking from the filmmaker point of view, not the right critical point of view. To me, that is that's what worries me. It's like. You go from the really tiny to the exponentially huge,
3: and you miss everything in between. But and Disappearance of the middle class is what you're talking about, as sure. far as the movies go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think some of that is filmmakers not doing the extra work to get these projects generated themselves. I mean, I can understand coming off a tiny movie and getting offered you know, Jurassic World or whatever.
2: But it's not like when you are getting can... offered Jurassic World. It's that they made the tiny movie to get into the door to interview to direct Jurassic World.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but there are certain directors who have gone on to be the Colin Trevor Rose of the world sure. that I do feel like, and I actually don't, I don't despise Safety Not Guaranteed. It's a movie that uh, no, I lo- it has a weak first act, uh, but a really and good then it fine grows. Line. Yeah, it, yeah, it grows as it goes, which is not a, something that happens very often with movies. But I do get the feeling with some of those movies that they are made as as calling cards, right. and you know, like this guy John Watt made uh, uh, Car? Car, which is uh, right it's a competent little thriller. It's not particularly great. Uh, and now he's doing the Spider-Man movie, but so
3: that's still their initiative. If they're making this film just as a calling card, then that's, if that's what they want to make, then they can make the big, certainly. And there's certainly
2: those, you're absolutely right that there are those people, but when that's the model that most studios are now seeing and they're offering less and less, or it's harder to get a non IP, uh, movie for over ten million dollars made unless you have a significant amount of heat. Like if there's no room, unless you have just the perfectness of stars aligning, it's stars have to align to get a movie made in the first place. Yeah. So to cut that
1: much or, more uh, out just uh, makes it. Uh, Megan Ellison has to say yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can get Megan Ellison to to back you, <laughs> yeah. your goal. I mean, honestly, that's a good reason or that's a that's a good point. I do worry about Paul Thomas Anderson. I worry that people are going to stop giving him money because mm. the movies don't make that much or they haven't made that much yet so it's like at some point they go why are we giving you money we're not getting that money back
3: unless we just really like you and we don't need the money i think they are getting that money back i box office isn't the end of the road for these movies you know they make there's so many revenue streams right now for movies that to just look at a movie's box office it's all like perception and i can see them not wanting to keep giving money based on perception but it's not the end of the road yeah, so the idea that Inherent Vice didn't make money because it didn't make money at the box office, I, I I just don't know. How much money do you think Inherent Vice made post box office? I have no idea. That's the thing. The revenue streams. I don't think it's making tens of millions of dollars. No, but it's being bundled with yeah. sales packages yes. to cable and Netflix and right. whatever, and it eventually generates money. Like the revenue streams are much more complicated than just this right. movie is making this amount of money based right. on this many viewers. Also, Paul Thomas Anderson is a whether he's
0: intending to be or not, he is considered a prestige filmmaker. Yeah. And so his movie, you know, there'll be blood won some major awards. Um, the master, which I assume did not make a great deal of money. Uh, the master was nominated for a number of awards. Uh, inherent vice was not, it was nominated for screenplay, I believe, right? Adapted screenplay. That sounds familiar. I think that's right. And so, um, I think it was. Yeah. And I think we were all surprised about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, someone looked that up. I don't think
2: that's right. I didn't
0: uh, buy your I own phone. I don't, I
1: don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that
2: the, this
0: phone
1: is one, none one of us me. <laughs> the Rams score oh, okay, three. Um, nine three Rams, yeah. yes, nine three Rams. Boy, I hope it, they win. It is a game of field goals, but yeah, <laughs> that's not a great HBO show. <laughs> um, it's short lived. <laughs> that's hot impossible. Take. Hot
0: take. Oh, oh, we're back to hot takes. Hot t- that's that's <laughs> yes. That's a little time stamp so, um, yeah, That's Um, but uh, but yeah, and and Now, a studio wants to be a prestige studio because if a movie gets Oscar nominations like it does, the box office does go up because you get, you know, people not necessarily like us. We probably saw the
3: movies first, but you do get people who just kind of want to be part of that conversation. But so few movies are also being released by studios these days. If you look at the actual release slate of Warner Brothers or Paramount or something, it's like a couple dozen movies. Mm-hmm. So the idea that studios are driving any of this is, I think just inherited knowledge. It's not the way movies are being made, being distributed, being seen. This model is not the end all be all.
2: No, but it is. If you want something to be made for more than like a few million dollars,
1: oh, not necessarily yeah, because the, yeah, these, a lot of the movies that you're even
3: Martin Scorsese, isn't financed by a studio anymore. And he makes movies for tens of millions of dollars. Mm. Yeah, but
2: in his most recent movie, everybody had to work for scale in order to even get the money for them to be able to make it. Okay. I think I rest my case.
1: (laughs) I think everybody's still made out pretty well. (laughs) But I think what Scott's saying is just because a movie is being distributed by a studio doesn't mean...
3: Yeah, I mean, even of the couple dozen movies the studio releases, they're actually making it, like, three. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Cloud Atlas, uh, always
1: always in my mind. A terrifically expensive movie released by Warner Brothers, but right. it, I wouldn't really think of it as a Warner Brothers movie right? in, in terms of that financing. And I
3: don't agree with the notion that everybody has to get rich off of making movies either. I mean, if they want a piece of the back end, I think that makes sense. But the idea that people have to work for scale to get Wolf of Wall Street made, I don't think is an unhealthy model no, 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 for I cinema. No, I meant the silence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's an unhealthy model for that either. It's a small cast. It's a, a distant location. And if it makes money, they'll make money too. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, they're still making a few tens of thousands of dollars, enough to live on for a while, you know, and that's fine. But I, I thought I everybody in Hollywood lived in mansions. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that, you know, I don't think artistically the notion that you're due to the lifestyle, of the rich and famous is necessarily a healthy one either. Oh, no, it's no. <laughs> now, it's not. now we're getting political. <laughs> but a, but again, yeah,
2: that's true. But you are. We still have to look at the reality of how movies are made and what people demand to be paid to be in a movie. You can't just ignore that and say, "Well, I don't think people don't deserve to get paid a lot of money to be in a movie, so don't pay them a lot and just be in all, all the movies." That doesn't work.
1: But are you saying that I the silence is going to be worse
2: because? No, I'm. Ex- I'm saying. I'm saying there are when when we're making Martin Scorsese jump through more hoops in order to get a movie made when his movies when his past several movies have made. A substantial profit that's indicative of something okay that's indicative that if even he has to jump through hoops how many more hoops will people who don't have his level of clout which has been built over decades how many more hoops will they have to jump through I and, think
3: that, we'll, th- and that and that's not necessarily those hoops thing. have always existed though the idea that there's some magical time when people were just given as much money as they want i mean that's happened with the them. early 90s
2: <laughs> who? The, the early to mid... All of the auteurs who came out of like the early mid-90s, they were given more money to make films. More money, maybe, but not... They were That's always, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fil- but they were always being given more money to make
3: bigger films. That's all I'm talking about. They were always reined in by some factor or another. The notion that they were completely left on their own devices is... And I'm not
2: saying they're left on their own devices. I'm right. saying they're given more. They're given more than... Than a lot of filmmakers are given now because studios. But at the are, time, they still felt reined in too. Okay, th- they may have felt reined in, but we can back <laughs> up that there are they are being reined in more now. It's but, not so even we can dis- say that it's not even disputable. The number of mid-budget movies that studios are making or backing is going down. A writer like i mean you can you can look at like the writers guild members like they're making less and less and less and the back end is less and less and less and the bundles that we're talking about for like to put a movie into a streaming package the makers of those movies see less and less and less, which means fewer and fewer filmmakers can continue to make movies.
1: Look, if they were in for the money, they'd be on YouTube.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I come back to. I don't know. I, I don't think that anyone's do a comfortable lifestyle based on art.
0: <laughs> oh, inherent vice nominated for adapted screenplay it was. and Good costume design and i remember uh, a lot of people thought it was like a uh, like a and i said i don't mean to say this in a negative way but like um inherent vice was put out there as kind of a prestige picture and there was a definite campaign yeah. for it uh-huh. and then then the movie was released and people were like This might not be. And then when it was nominated for screenplay, people were like, wow. Yeah. This is very exciting. That's how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, like it was like a big win. Uh, Although, I guess. I guess the master really didn't get as much as people thought it was. No, going it to. didn't. It got
3: three. Actually, it got, got three. The three yeah, which people at the time was more than people thought it was going to be. But Not if a- you
2: were silly enough to have chosen it in, <laughs> like, say, an Oscar fantasy draft for picture and director and screenplay, oh, you were having a rough, a rough Oscar night. But, no, I, feel but it, I feel like crit- for Critics Awards, you were probably
1: okay. Let's-
2: right? It did fine
1: all right you know i hate talking about the uh fantasy award season on the podcast because i'm convinced listeners don't care but you're wrong by the time this lfd uh (laughs) see i and i also disagree with that name of it because oscars is just like you don't call fantasy football fantasy super bowl right right? but do you want to call it
2: fantasy award season yes fantasy Fantasy awards awards. uh all right that's the fad fantasy awards draft it's just a fad
1: uh (laughs) (laughs) watch out um I like fantasy award season. Uh, but anyway, by the time this episode has gone up, we will have very recently had our draft. Yeah. Yeah. are you guys, uh, you guys feeling uh, good about your, no, uh, I haven't <laughs> been into it at all. <laughs>
3: but yeah. I haven't even started. Yeah.
0: I started. Yeah. It's early. I, I've started. It's, it's very early, but like, and it's usually like in the last few years, like uh, usually a week before the actual draft is when I start to yeah really start paying attention, like categorizing and stuff.
1: Here's, Here's how this 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 award season, fantasy award season, has so infected me. I have a great joke right now, but I'm not going to say it because it would tip where I'm leading
3: a <laughs> category. So I'm not going to tell the joke. I'm <laughs> sure it was hilarious. That's yeah. Funny.
0: That very funny. All right. Well, you just save it until uh, until after. <laughs> oh, I will forget. Um, but all right. Uh, okay.
1: I feel like we should. We've done a great job of uh, reminiscing uh and getting into some. Uh, topics I didn't expect to get into that are yeah. fantastic. That, I mean, of course, they'll all be outdated in five weeks. When <laughs> Absolutely, cinema. We will have already pulled the plug on cinema in five yeah. weeks when the uh, cinema earthquake
2: did. happens <laughs> and
1: all the movies just fall. Don't want to see La Land. <laughs> <laughs> So um thanks for listening. Um, we don't have to go through all the you know we're on Twitter and we have a website and stuff. We just find these this week. We're not going to say you get oh, the idea. Our, do we'll you do have the in internet? Then. You find yeah. us. Yes, yeah. battleship retention You can find it. Um, you're listening to this. I'd say you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks you guys for joining us. Hey, uh, congratulations, yeah. on 500 episodes. Thank you oh, very thank much. you. That's fantastic. Um, sure. it, to be clear, 500 weeks. We've done well over 500 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episodes. Yeah, that's true. all right. For sure. Yeah. Um, Let's go alphabetically uh, by last name, Jason, and by first name, I guess. Jason, where can people find you on the internet?
2: <laughs> uh, just on Twitter at, at Eakin. E-A-K-E-N.
3: E-A-K-E-N. Sorry, E-A-K-E-N. I shouldn't have yeah. stepped on you there. Oh, that's all right. Scott? Uh, on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow and at CriterionCast.com and com. But mostly at Retention.
1: Actually, these yeah.
3: days, that's true. Damn. All right. How do you feel about that? Uh, Great. it's what I've been aiming for. (laughs) I think you're due
2: for a raise. (laughs) I think (laughs) think somebody's hanging, (laughs) angling for editor in chief. (laughs) He's he's like, I don't think filmmakers should make shit. Now the editors at large for your different websites, that's where the money should roll in. It's the, it's the, there's no mid range
0: editors at large anymore. That's the problem. (laughs) That's actually true. (laughs) All
1: right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.